You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are going through a series called 10. Everybody say 10. Okay, perfect law and perfect love. This is like a 10-week study on the 10 commandments of God. And we are now on our 8th week. 8th week, okay? So we're doing... Do not steal or thou shalt not steal. Okay? Now, but before I, I proceed, I just want to basically give a recap of, uh, of the Ten Commandments and understand why we're studying the Ten Commandments. Many of you are probably wondering why you're, you know, is it really applicable today? That's like Old Testament days 3,000 years ago. I just want to quickly give you some, uh, some points here. The first one is this. God gave the law as the moral standard of living. In other words, there's no higher authority that we will look up to but God. That's why the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses is the moral law. And we really look up to that because without these Ten Commandments, they say a nation will fall. Communities will collapse. Families will not be here. So see, this law is the standard. Amen? Secondly, God gave this law to restrain human evil. Why? Because we are... You know, left to ourselves, we are sinners, right? If you remember calamities that would hit, uh, say, in the States, we all know after, after the calamity hit, what happened? The people were chaotic. They stole, they looted, they, they did that. Even here in our nation, uh, Tacloban, remember Tacloban? You know, there was also looting and, you know, all of this stuff. Now, thirdly, this is to show man's awful sinfulness in his moral distance from God. In other words, we will not understand the gravity of our sin. Nobody will tell us that, you know, uh, stealing is bad or committing adultery is bad or, you know, dishonoring or murder is bad. You know, that's, that's because sin is so awful. That's why the Ten Commandments was given to us by God Himself. Fourthly, God gave the law for man to see his need for a Savior. In other words, most of us, left to ourselves, no matter how much we try, it is quite difficult to obey the Ten Commandments. Now, if I were to ask you today, how many of you have obeyed the Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments, perfect law and then perfect love. Now, you need to understand that these commandments are not just a set of rules. It was given to us so that it can represent the importance of life. If you look at Commandments 1 to 4, it talked about God and our need for God. Commandments 5 and 7, we talked about family. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. That's in commandment number 7. And then in commandment number 6, it's about people, right? The importance of people. You cannot take a life. You cannot murder. And today, on the 8th commandment, it is about property and what is due to others. So I'd like everybody to stand up. And open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verse 15. But you don't need to because it's already on the screen. And it's quite a long verse. <laughs> Let's just read it all aloud. One, two, three. You shall not steal. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you that you have, Lord, given us these commandments, not just rules, but to understand the importance of life itself. Father, I pray, Lord God, as we study this Eighth Commandment, that you will speak to our hearts. Lord, we only ask, Holy Spirit, 
that you will give us, Lord, a revelation of this commandment. Lord, bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take your seats. Early this year in April, we, we had a, an incident in our house and uh, it actually alarmed all of us because between 2 or 3 in the morning, I woke up to a noise right above our roof. It, it seemed like footsteps. I got up. You have to understand you are so tired on a Sunday evening after peach. So, you know, this kind of like happened Monday, a Sunday night, if, if, I could, if I could remember it right. It was Monday early morning. So I woke up. I was so tired. But nonetheless, I wanted to check what the noise was all about. So I went out, looked at the, the window. We have an outer room outside our house. It's a small room. And that room was kind of open. The door was open. But we locked that and it was, you know, it was, uh, it was just a surprise to me. So I was alarmed. So I said to my wife, uh, Mahal, you know, you got to wake up because I think somebody broke in our house. You know, that thing that flashes in, uh, in your mind, you know, all those ABS-CBN news coming out or GMA news and then all these uh, breaking and entering thing that you hear, right? You get up, you're so rushed and, you know, you, the first thing I did was go look at my kids if they are safe. So I went to my uh, girl's room, my son's room, and then I, I secured them right away. And the first thing I, I, I actually rushed to the kitchen, got a knife, you know, that huge knife because I didn't have a gun. I only had kitchen knife. So I went there, had a kitchen knife, went there, and I said, oh no, I mean, is this really enough to, you know, to really fight this burglar, you know? So I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking, I said, I have no gun, I have no gun. Then I realized we have a gun. I said, wow. So I said, I said to, my, to my daughter, do you still have that pellet gun? <laughs> so I said, uh, yeah, 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 dad is here. But dad, yeah, just go to your mom's room, lock the door, and I have a gun. So I Next thing I did, I called our security in the village, right? I said, I think, uh, can you come here? Can you, can you just you know, see me in this house? So it took a long time for this security people to, to come in. So, you know, you're just like, what will I do? I have a pellet gun and a knife. So finally, the security came. I don't know for whatever reason, she was, it was, it was, the security guard was knocking and, and I saw it from, from, the, from the window. I said, I opened the window, I said, Oh, nandito ka na. Opo, sir. When, ano, when I said, pasok ka na. Pagpasok sa gate, when they opened the gate, and I saw the security guard, it was a woman. It was a lady guard. Shorter than me. And I said to myself, oh no, how can, I, how can she protect me? Or should I protect her? So that was, you know, that was, you know, really, you know, that, that, was, that was going around my mind. And I said, oh no, what will happen? And I said, uh... Uh, okay, uh, guard, may, may barrel ka ba? Do you have a gun? And sabi niya sa akin, Sir, wala ho eh. Huh? Wala kang barrel? I didn't, you know, I didn't have the question to tell her that my gun was fake. You know, it looked real though. But you know, I said, Sir, don't worry. I'm a black belter. Ooh, okay, you're a black belter. Tsaka I have pepper spray. Okay, pepper spray. So I said, okay. Alright, I went out of the house. You know, with the gun and my knife, and uh, with all this adrenaline up, you know, up to my head, and uh, you know, you know how it is when your well, those uh, testosterone levels would come up and say, "Okay, let's do it. Let's go to the room." So we went there. 
I said, you go ahead. I'll follow you. You know, you have to, you need to understand that you have a family to think of. I said, you know, at least if you go ahead, you're the first, okay? And I'll, I'll do the second, okay? So, so I was there with the knife and my gun. And finally, we, we shouted, Lumabas ka na! Nanidito na kami! You know, just, uh, you know, just to warn off the, you know, as if, you know, as if. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said, you know. <sighs> no, 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 just kidding. So I went in and praise God. The thief is gone. And I said to myself, ah, uh, check the cabinets, check the check the, the CR. So we all checked, check the back. So I said, Praise God. Not today. Thank you, Lord. I said, So so nothing was stolen. Amazing, huh? Nothing was stolen. But the TV was there. Nothing was stolen. So praise God. I said, Whew. So finally I thought, you know, maybe false alarm. But guess what? The following days. Our next door neighbor got robbed. The other neighbor got robbed. So it's like uh, one after the other. So we were all alarmed. So all the barangay captains were there. We were there. We were discussing it. And it was, you know, we had to file a complaint. But it's kind of true in this, in this day and age when you get robbed. How many of you have been robbed before? In fact, I think uh, Paul said, you know, I got robbed, you know. Many times over, I got robbed. You wouldn't believe it in, in Baguio City where we stayed, okay, by the mountains. This is like the mountains. It's like six kilometers away from the town. You wouldn't believe it because um, I just cleaned our trash can and put it outside to dry. And after an hour, I came back for it. It was gone. It's just amazing how, how you know, how it is. How would you feel if you've been robbed? How would you feel? Our next door neighbor was robbed. His laptop was gone. His cell phone was gone. You know, you feel violated. How many of you know that? You know, you'd feel violated. You'd feel insecure, afraid. Because stealing is one of the most or the worst crimes in the whole world. Stealing. In fact, it is so prevalent that all of us have learned how to live with it. Right? We've grown accustomed to stealing. Am I talking to the right crowd? Yes. How many of you were robbed before? Can I just see? All right, that's like about 30%. So 70%, you're still good. Do you know that uh, the, the crime index for Metro Manila alone is uh, 60, almost 61% versus the safety index of like 30% or 29%? So that means the probability of a person getting, you know, uh, to be a victim of crime is like... Uh, 61%. So that's how true it is. But most of us have just grown accustomed to stealing, right? To robbing. Now, how do I know this? Okay. I have some questions to ask you. How many of you do this on a day-to-day -day basis? You lock the doors and windows of your house. Yep. Especially when you go out and before you go to sleep, right? How about this? You lock the doors and windows of your car, right? Right? Exactly. Okay. How about this? You have a PIN for your bank account. Right? Right. How about this? How about this? You have a password in your social media, Facebook, Instagram. You have that? Yes. Okay. Your phones have it too, the computers, etc. You probably have your chain and lock. You lock your bikes, right? You probably have a CCTV camera going around your house. You have a gun. 
you probably tie a string to your wallet so that when somebody, you know, kind of like those days, all right? Or probably you chain your child. Have you seen it? Uh, uh, you know, do you chain your child so that you don't, you won't get lost? Right? Yeah, they have this chain, right? It's a plastic chain so that, oh. uh, how, do you, how do you call that? Lanyard. Okay. It looks like, you know, oh, it looks like chain, bro. So anyway, <laughs> all these things actually prove only one thing, and this is it. People steal from other people. Now, this is the reason why God gave us the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. Now, this law really is an expression of God's love. Okay? Do not steal. How can this <laughs> be an expression of God's love? Okay? Uh, very simple, because, because God loves His people, He instituted this law to preserve and protect the property of each person. Because somehow God wants to give you properties. You have your own properties, right? He's not against properties. God loves you. And He loves you so much that He wants to protect you. Without this commandment, I don't know where we will be. Can you imagine today if there are no police? Can you imagine today that there are no locks in your house? Can you imagine what would happen if you don't have any security at all? See, the reality is, people steal from people. And um, I like what Gary North says. When it, when it comes to stealing, it is, uh, we need to give rightfully what belongs to another. We need to give that right to that person. But question is, what is really stealing? What is stealing? What does the Bible say about stealing? In Leviticus chapter 9, verse 11 and verse 13a, it says that you shall not steal nor deal falsely. You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. What it means is that, you know, when it comes to stealing, there's only that person, that particular person that you can steal from. Stealing can only be done to a person. Very simple, right? You, can, you cannot do that to an animal. You can steal from the animal. You can't say from the plant, I'm stealing from you the fruit, right? You can't. But the person, yes, you can't steal from a person. That is really what the Bible is saying. Exodus chapter 22, verse 1 to 4 says, If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, what happens? He shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Basically, this is the way they have restitution. But see, stealing, it also involves property, right? Property. The Bible, back 3,000 years ago, even in the olden days, they say that you can steal from a person and then you can also steal the property of that person. Thirdly, in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, If anyone sins and commits a breach of faith against the Lord, by what? Deceiving his neighbor in a matter of what? Deposit or security or through robbery or if he has oppressed his neighbor. So in other words, you can also steal Money, okay? That's, of course, non-brainer. But yes, 3,000 years ago, they were talking about money, right? Last is this. In Exodus chapter 21, verse 16, whoever steals a man, that's why you have the lanyard, right? I guess that's why you, you want to protect. Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be 
put to death. In other words, it is what we call kidnapping. So kidnapping a person is stealing. Alright? So I guess you know that already. So again, Exodus 20.15 says, You shall not steal. Now you might say that, Hey, I'm not, you know, Pastor, I'm not stealing any person. You know, I don't. But I, I, I can steal from a company. It's not a person, but it's a company. Very rich company. I'm not stealing from a person, but I can steal from the government. Right? It can be like that. You say, I'm not stealing from any property. I'm not stealing any property. Okay? It's not tangible, right? But I can download, right? It's free. I'm not stealing money. Okay? But I can steal time. Nor am I stealing any person. But here's, here's an interesting, interesting revelation. According to Dennis Prager, he said this, among all the commandments... He says, the Eighth Commandment is the only commandment that is open-ended. Hmm. Interesting. For example, the Fifth Commandment specifically states that we should honor our parents. Very specific, right? The Sixth Commandment prohibits us from murder. Murdering other person. The Seventh Commandment speaks of adultery which can only happen to married people. Very specific, right? Not to single, that would be fornication. But the commandment against stealing does not even hint at what it is we are forbidden to steal. It's interesting, right? Which means we cannot take anything that belongs to another person. In other words, anything. It's so general, if you look at this commandment, eighth commandment, if you look at thou shalt not steal in the other commandments, you look at this. You can steal the honor of your parents. You can steal the spouse. You can steal your Sabbath. You can steal... Everything is so specific, but then again, God puts it, the eighth commandment, and says, in general, I'm saying, you cannot steal anything that does not belong to you. As simple as that. So question is, what can we really steal, right? Now I've listed a couple of things that we can steal. Nowadays, nowadays. Okay, before in the Old Testament days, you can steal an ox, a sheep, animals. But I don't steal them. I only steal bikes and cars. You know, that's not, you know, it's not in, written in the Bible. Remember, it is anything. Everybody say anything, anything. that does not belong to me is stealing. Literally, that is stealing. So, I've listed something today, um, load stealing. Okay? Do you ever get that text? Do you know? Si Lola, di ba? Si Lola, you know, uh, uh, we, there is a miscomputation, etc., etc. You are charged uh, this amount, you know, in order for you to get... Do, do you get that text? Or is it only me? Somebody's talking me. Uh, just it's all of us, right? So we have load stealing. Intellectual property stealing. Remember, so the Wright brothers, was it the Wright brothers really invented the airplane or I don't know. Then there's, of course, Tesla and, you know, um, Thomas Edison. Remember that about the electricity? So you see, we don't know, right? But these are intellectual property stealing. Plagiarism. Uh, when you get, of course, you all know this. When you get a work of somebody and you say, hey, I did it. I, you know, that's my work. Pirated CD. Okay, uh, 
I don't know, but I think in this day and age, the CDs are almost gone, right? You actually throw them away. Do you, do you still have CDs at home? How about cassette tapes or 8-track, uh, VHS or Betamax? Or anyway, but fire did say illegal downloading. So make sure that it's all legal, all right? Borrowing without returning. You know, uh, we're, we're like in a habit of borrowing and then, you know, we tend to forget and then we forget and then, you know, the person's dead already and you cannot return it anymore. How about this? Tax evasion. And you'll find all the ways you can to evade tax. Uh, misappropriation of company funds, corruption, pilferage, looting, using company time and resources, stealing company secret. Or if you're an employer, you're not paying the right wages. I mean, think about that. You can also steal reputation, the reputation of a person. You can also steal the dignity of a person. In fact, you can also steal the trust of that person. It's amazing how you can steal anything. So really, stealing is anything, right? It's anything. And if you're you know, listening to it right now, what else can we steal? And this is it. You can steal from God. Paul says in Malachi, will man rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you, Lord? You say, in your tithes and offerings or your contributions. And then it says, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation. Everybody say, whole nation. Whole nation. Now, as I was you know, reading this, I was asking Pastor Ariel, Pastor Ariel, could it be, could it be the reason why we are a cursed nation, the reason why we are in a, a, a third world country, the reason why we are poor, is it because we have robbed God? Interesting. Think about that. What if all of us in the Philippines are tithing? Bible says, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Just imagine what could happen if all of Philippines, they are tithing. We are tithing. So the question is this, why is it then that despite God giving the Eighth Commandment, people still steal? Why? Right? I mean, we've heard it. Uh, we've heard the law. In fact, you know the law. Stop it, right? You know, our president said, you know, you got to stop it. Graph and corruption, stop it. You better resign. You better kill yourself. I'm just kidding, yeah. But yeah, those were some of the words that came out. And why, 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 despite all the laws, it's really funny, right? How human beings have circumvented the law, trying to justify if, you know, this is stealing. No, this is not stealing. This is borrowing. This is, um, you know, investing. You know, there's so many ways we can circumvent the law, but you cannot mock God. You cannot, you cannot turn His head around because He is God. Truth is, we people steal. Now, why do we steal? I think that's the question we want to find out today. Why do people steal? All of us are guilty of this. If I were to ask each one of us, don't raise your hand, okay? But all of us are really guilty. Somehow in our lives, we have been guilty of this. 
Why do we steal? And, you know, Jesus gives us a very, you know, important revelation. When he was here on earth, Jesus gives us the root cause of stealing. And it can be found in Mark chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. This is Jesus. He said, for from within, everybody say, from within. Out of the heart of man, of course, we know this, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality. We talked about adultery. And then there you have it. It says theft. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, theft. It says there, and so on and so forth. And then in verse 23, he says, All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The problem with uh, having the laws, actually we have the laws of the land, we have our constitution, we have so many bylaws and all, it does not stop people from stealing because that's not dealing with the issue. It's hard to deal you know, with a rule because it's so external, it does not really change the person. But with Jesus, Jesus was thinking of something else. He was thinking right smack at the root cause of it, which is our heart. It's a heart problem. I think all of us would agree even today that it's always the heart. Of course, we've preached this many, many times over, but the reality, it's really here. We cannot do away at the fact that the heart is the problem. Our hearts are bent on evil. No matter what we do. You know, we were... Okay, I don't know if I should say this, but yeah, we were... <laughs> We were looking at for a parking space, and it says there no parking somewhere. Um, and I said, uh, "What does it mean? Does it mean to park here? No parking here, because that's the pedestrian, or no parking here?" So I was thinking probably because it's here, it refers here, not here, because there were other cars parked. So we parked there. So if you took a picture and then you saw me, oh no, it's Pastor Saul at the no parking zone. And I would say, I'd justify that, you know, because you see, it meant here, not here. Because the reality is our hearts is really bent on evil. You know? Yeah, that's, that's on me, all right? Yeah, but that's the truth. Our nature is to do evil things. In fact, the very first Okay, the very first stealing that ever happened in the history of humanity is when Eve took the forbidden fruit. Yep. It didn't belong to her, right? God says, it's forbidden. You don't take, right? What did she do? She took it. So, there in effect, it's really in the nature. Now we have it. We have the propensity to steal. That's why the Apostle Paul says, you know, and even if you are a Christian today, right, it's okay. Uh, even if you're, you know, you love God, you know, you, yeah, you love God, you're, you're born again. There is that nature that you really hate. That's here. Can you pinch yourself? It's that flesh in you. That's, that's the problem, okay? The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 21 to 25, and you have to read this. He says, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, 
But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Can you relate to this? You know, think about it. You love God. You want to walk faithfully with God. But there is something that's waging war against you. Even as Christians, we also struggle because we still live in the flesh. As we speak today, there is that war waging already. Sometimes we also struggle in giving our tithes. Okay? Guilty as charged. Don't worry, it's not just you. Sometimes I hope, you know, I try to justify, you know, Lord, uh, I need this because it's tuition fee of the kids, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be hard, you know? I need every, every peso. We tend to justify things because it's waging war against us. Now, you can tell a person not to steal. You can tell him that, you know, it's part of the Ten Commandments. You can also tell him that the government will punish you if they get you. You can tell him that, you know, this is imprisonment for you if you steal. And that person may obey, right? Kind of like the over 300 drug addicts that came out, you know, and surrendered to uh, the police. Uh, have you read the newspapers? I mean, it's just like every single day. There are a lot of them surrendering there and they say, hey, I, I want to stop. I'm going to obey the law. I will not use drugs anymore. You all know what I'm saying? So here are. Now, my question is this. The person may obey because he is afraid to be punished, right? My question is this. Can that person be genuinely changed because he's fearing the law? Guess not. All of us know that it's not enough to have these rules and regulations in this government, in this country. It's funny because we love our, our Congress, we love our politicians that help bring these laws in place. That's great. But if, you have, if you're a lawyer, how many lawyers do we have? Just, yeah, if you're a lawyer, think about that. It's kind of hard if you're going through law school. There are a lot of laws. But with the many, many laws that we have, it does not bring a genuine change in a person's life. Because left to ourselves, we cannot change. So the question is this, how do we get out of stealing? How do we really get out of this stealing heart? It's different when you stole the heart of your wife or your, you know, that's, that's okay probably. But how do we get out of stealing? And the Apostle Paul, in that same verse in Romans 7, 21 to 25, and this is what Paul says. He was waging war, right? Against, you know, the things that he wanted to do, he does not do. But the things that he shouldn't do, that's what he's doing. There's a, you know what I'm saying, right? He was waging war with his, his, his flesh. And then in verse 24, he says this. It's a revelation. It's amazing. It says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he goes on saying, uh, read it with me now. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not, you know, it's not deep theology. But realize that apart from Christ, it is really impossible to obey. Right? No matter what you do, obeying the Ten Commandments does not happen. You need someone to change your heart. And it can only happen through our Lord Jesus Christ. No amount of self-control, willpower, self-restraint okay, that can change us from our fleshly desires. 
it will really take the saving grace of our Lord Jesus to change us. How? You know, one of the most powerful testimonies ever recorded in the Bible was in Luke chapter 19. It's a story of a thief who have been robbing the people. He's a tax collector. Long ago, tax collectors were already notorious in stealing money. And his name is Zacchaeus. Let me read you. Luke chapter 19, verse 3 to 10. This is Zacchaeus. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not. Because he was what? Small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. Verse 5 says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must. Everybody say, I must. I must stay at your house today. didn't say, Zacchaeus, can I stay in your house today? Can I ask for your permission? I said, I must stay with you today. You need to understand, this Zacchaeus is a wealthy man. He got wealth. He had ill-gotten wealth. Right? He had that. But I believe that in this, in this man's heart, he had been longing for something more than the riches. Because he had it. It did not really satisfy him. And the reason why Zacchaeus was there, he was seeking to see who Jesus was, probably because he's been tired. I'm tired of stealing. I'm tired of taking money that's not mine. So I need to see Jesus because I heard this man can change my life. So he says, he's, he says, no amount of limitation. Now, understand that there was a crowd. How many of you hate the crowd? You don't want to line up with the crowd. You don't like traffic. You don't like the crowd. Imagine with me, Zacchaeus is, is seeing this crowd but it does not stop him. There has to be something in this man's heart out of his desperation. He wanted to come and say, I want to see Jesus. I want to know this person. So he climbs up. We all know what happened. And then this is what Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house. You know, the most private place in the whole world for you and me is our house, right? Everything is there. Now think with me for a while. Could it be that Jesus was saying, hmm, Zacchaeus or Saul, hurry, come down for I must stay in the most private place in your life. Could it be saying that I want to stay in your heart? Because it's the most private place that nobody knows what goes on. Probably your house, you could invite your guests, right? And they can see how it's prim and proper and nice at the front side. The back end is uh, challenging, right? But the heart can't hide. I mean, something that you will really hide a lot of things there, right? Uh, am I talking to you? Are you still here? Right? It's the heart. You've been hiding so many things there, and yet God, Jesus says, I must get inside your heart. That is what Jesus is saying. He's knocking every single day in our life saying, 
son, daughter, are you willing to let me in your house, your heart? And then in verse, next verses, so he hurried and came down and what did he do? He received him joyfully. And when they saw, meaning the rest, they all grumbled, he has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. Jesus si pastor are you know eating with sinners. Kind of like that, you know. Think about that. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore, I restore it fourfold. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. And then change began. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. And then change began. Let me repeat that. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. And then the change began in him. What happened? I'm going to make it right. There was a restitution happening. And then, not only that, he wants to give to the poor. He becomes a philanthropist. Amazing. Think about what can happen if we let Jesus be Lord over our hearts today. Think of what can happen. Things will change. Let me follow through the other verses. And Jesus said to him, Today, everybody say today. I hope today is the day, okay? Today, salvation has come to this house. Since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. How often we miss out on the opportunity of God changing all of us if we just simply surrender 100%. Sometimes when we look at, you know, coming to church, uh, Lord, you bargain with God. Lord, I'll probably give you just about 70. Next week, another 10, <laughs> another 10. And then maybe I could give as far as 99.9% of my heart, but 0.1 is mine. See, the issue really is our total surrender to God. The issue we, we do these things is because we have not totally surrendered to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's really simple. It's not deep theology. It's not about a, you know, earth-shaking spiritual miracle that will happen. But you see, salvation comes when we are open to Jesus Christ taking over 100% of our hearts today. That is where real change happens. Serioso, ah? Yeah, ouch. Yeah, but you know, I'm saying this because it's also my story. It's also our story. Many years back, I was a businessman and I had a business and that business was, you know, uh, working for a while until, you know, we, we lost. We lost the business and there I was in debt. You know, having debts, unpaid debt is like stealing also. And uh, at that time, I wasn't a pastor yet, but Pastor Ariel basically sat down with me and he said, you know, Saul, the Bible says that do not let a debt unpaid. I remember that, bro. I truly remember that. 
Those are one of my historic, my epic moments. Hey, after that epic moment, I got that epic moment as well. So I got that and, you know, I said, oh, yeah. I was in debt. I couldn't pay. I have no business. I have no income. And I didn't know how to pay. And it was left over a year. And the worst part, the worst part, okay, I owed it to a friend. Worst part is that it was over a year and I didn't have the guts to see my friend. That was not nice, right? Yeah, so don't judge me yet. Okay, there's a redemption, you know, story after this, okay? So there was, I got in and I thought and I prayed with Pastor Ariel. Pastor Ariel said, I don't know how to pay him. And he told me, no, bro, you just be faithful. Whatever you're going to make, just go pay whatever you can. So I did. Every single month, when I had an income, if I can pay a thousand pesos, that's okay, one five or two thousand. It's kind of like that. Of course, you know, to the to the company of my friend, that's not gonna do it, right? But at least, you know, I said I'll be faithful. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you. I will pay you. I'm not running away. Yes, I will not run away from you. I'm here. Whatever it takes, I will pay my debt. So I remember those days. I'd go, I didn't have a check, checking account. didn't want the checking account because So I just had to get the, you know, go there every single month into his company and say, you know, I'm paying part of my debt. Every single month I'd go there. And you know what's amazing about, about you changing the heart? God shows his faithfulness. God shows how good he is. I cannot pay that debt. Even if you calculate every month for 20 years, I probably will not pay, pay that debt. And that's a reality. I got a demand letter. And of course, I cannot, I'm not angry with him. Don't, don't you know, we're good friends. Okay, I love him. He's a brother in Christ. We, we still hang out together. But, you know, the point was I had to pay the debt and I had already incurred a lot of interests. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to pay this. But you see, because God is a merciful, loving, faithful God, it's amazing how He had provided a way out. We were able to pay a big amount of debt in that company. It's such an amazing thing that when you just decide to allow Jesus to take over your life, when you allow Him to take over you know, the, 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 the uncertainty, you know the reason why we steal? is because we can't trust God. If you are willing today to drop it and say, 100%, Lord, I give you my heart. Can you... Can you, can you do it for me? I believe with all my heart that God can take you out wherever you are today. Amen? You need not to run away. You need not go anywhere, but you can go allow God. Because God has been knocking at your door. The reason why we go through these things, basically because, you know, I have not been open to our Lord. And my main point is this as I end. The only way out of a stealing heart really is to allow Jesus to change us from within.
Are you willing? There are three things I've learned from Zacchaeus and something that we all can, you know, can take out. But of course, the main point is really Jesus. But in a practical way, in a practical way, here's what Zacchaeus did. Number one, he looked for Jesus, right? So what do you do when you're in trouble? You look for Jesus. Second, he received him joyfully. And thirdly, what did he do? He gave what he stole and became what? Generous. You know, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 actually exhorts us Christians, all of us, because he knows that all of us battle with our flesh every single day. And Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, this is his exhortation for all of us. If you are a Christian, you love God so much, you lived in sin before, you stole somehow, this is what he says to all of us. He says that let the thief no longer steal. Let the thief no longer steal. Because a thief, he would steal so that he can satisfy his needs and wants, right? So the Apostle Paul says, if you are a Christian today, if you are bought with the blood of Christ today, then do not steal anymore. And he says, but rather let him labor, doing honest work. In other words, good work with his what? Own hands. But he doesn't stop there. He does not stop there and say, you know, um, great, I'm working already. Then, you know, I can satisfy my needs. No. It's not enough not to steal. It's not enough to work so that you could have something for yourself. But the Apostle Paul encourages all of us here so that we or he may have something to what? To share with anyone in need. If you want a way out of stealing, really, at the bottom line, in a practical sense, work hard. Work hard. And then be generous. Generosity is the way out of where you are. You see, God said, you rob me, the whole nation of you. But if you don't rob me, I will bless you. You hear that? You hear the word of God says, I will bless you. Because our God is a giving God. Our God did not even, you know, selfishly say, you know, mamatay na kayong lahat. Hindi ko bibigay ang aking anak. No, he was, he did not think twice, but He gave His one and only Son for us. He gave. Total opposite of what we do in this world. We take. But if you understand how it is to give, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. Amen? Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank You. Thank You, Lord God that the work that you have started in us, Lord God, is starting to bear fruit. Lord, you know that all of us, we're not perfect human beings. Lord, you know what we go through. You know the, the things that we do. You know that in this heart of ours, Lord God, there's still that nature, that evil nature in us, Lord God.
So Lord, today, as we come before you, we just ask God that you forgive us. In fact, if that is you, if you feel that you have, you know, you have not given fully your heart to our Lord, can you just lift it up before God? Say, no, this time, I'm letting you in. If that is you, lift it up before God. It's okay, there's no shame. Everybody not looking around. Close your eyes, bow down your heads. If that is you, just lift it up before God. Say, God, that's me. That's me. I have not given my whole heart to you. And that is just lifted up before God. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, thank you. Yes. Let me just wait for a while. You know, God is knocking at your door saying, Son, daughter, I must stay with you. Can you open your heart today before God? Can you just do that before God? Say, God, that's me. Yes, thank you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for this men and women who are lifting up their hands today. Lord, you know what they go through in life. But Lord, as they open their hearts to you, as they allow you to change them, as they make you as Lord over their lives, Lord God, then change will happen. Blessings will come. Inevitably, blessings will come. Lord, change our hearts, our hearts desire. Let our hearts desire not not on the things of this world, but on the things that are heavenwards, where moth and dust cannot corrode or destroy. Lord, give us treasures in heaven today. This is the most important thing we could have today. It's you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.